All right, we're going to start episode 14 with Emma Rogue. And we don't know each other, but we're going to have a wonderful conversation today. And I'm so excited. Same. Are you excited? I'm, I'm very excited. Okay, so little elevator pitch, but then I want you to talk about like what you do. But you right now have a brick and mortar vintage clothing store. Is that the right Correct. nomenclature? Yes, yes. And you blew up on TikTok and Depop and now you're like social media, but also in person, um, just killing it. And that's my terrible elevator pitch. <laughs> but can you go in more detail? Like just the, the quick synopsis of what, you know, like if people don't know you, like what, what do you do? And like, what are, what's your life? Because you're an amazing, because like clothing is not my jurisdiction. And you're mm. the first kind of like very fashion forward person we've had on the podcast, which I'm super excited about. Cool. But so it's not really my world. So I'd love some. Yeah. Wonderful you, information. Yeah, you pretty much hit it on the head. Um, I should I go back in time? To yeah, I mean I everything. Let's let's we got time to talk. Okay, so basically, like three years ago, I would say mid twenty eighteen, I started mm-hmm. selling on Depop just out of the blue, and like first item I posted, people were like fighting over it. So I was like, okay. I'll keep going. Vintage pieces that you just like that you want to sell. Yeah, but or your also, clothes. So, well, I guess if we go even further back. Like I Run had been thrifting like my whole life. Okay. Um, like I would always go with my mom after gymnastics practice, whatever. We'd always go thrifting, and I would always just thrift for myself. But then once I got to college, I started seeing more and more pieces at the thrift that were super cute, but just wouldn't fit me or like weren't my size, you know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, if I know someone would like this, why don't I just buy it and test it try and sell it so that's what i did with as a strict flip yeah exactly so i found like these vintage sketchers at the thrift on half off day and i posted them on depop later that day and then like people wanted them really bad hell yeah so i was like oh i have something here right (laughs) so then i just kept going so i sold stuff from my closet i wasn't wearing anymore and then i started thrifting for the purpose of reselling and then i just carried on doing that for a year and a half. So I did that for the rest of 2018, all of 2019. And at that time, I also got hired by Depop. So I was working. They had a Whoa. Soho store mm-hmm. slash photo studio. I don't know if you ever went. Never went, but we read up about that. Yeah. But you were like killing it so much. They hired you kind of. Is that Yeah, they kind of asked me. So I was also doing photography at that time. So they asked me to shoot one of their events, December 2018. And I shot one of their events, then I shot another one, and they were like, actually, we're hiring for our shop. Like, do you want to work here? And I was mm-hmm. like, and I had just graduated. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Yeah. So I was like, and also, like, I didn't want to go into, like, something full on, like, nine to five. I wasn't, like, ready yeah. for that because I was also taking classes part-time at FIT. So I said, yeah. I started working with them part-time, and then the time I was off, I was doing Depop on the side, like, selling wow. on the side. Right. So it was in 2019 when I started doing, like, street markets and fairs and stuff like that like hester street fair grand bazaar which you did this past weekend right yeah i did still i still do hester love hester hell yeah um but yeah i started doing the markets irl and i was doing really well and so this was sorry to interrupt this is like your depop online like almost page but you're doing it in person yeah so So it's like this collection of curating but also selling kind of yeah yeah so basically everything i had on my depop shop plus more that wasn't listed i would bring to these street fairs so it'd be like way more stuff Mm. um than what was listed on my depop and because you already again sorry i'm trying to dissect this because people already 
saw that you were a, like a big seller and they trusted you, you had this almost like trust and like, like, uh, I don't know, hype around you as like a seller with like pieces that are awesome. And people like knew you as like the vintage person. And like you had that hype around you, not just like the clothes, like your, your collection of things. Is that it? it that's wrong? accurate. No, that's accurate. But I would say more so in 2020, like in 2019, people didn't, I didn't have a big following. Okay. So you're still, I hustling. just had, I just had really good shit. Okay, like I, I, see. I, I'm good at curating. Yeah. Like I know what people like. You got that good. Yeah, like if I had to say so, I would say I am. Like that's my favorite part yeah, about well, it is curating. Ba like basically when you get down to it, I'm just shopping for other people. 100%. But, yeah. But I know what people want. Like it's a lot about paying attention to trends and seeing who's wearing what in yes. the celebrity world. Right. And blah, blah, blah in the TikTok world. You know, it's like very nuanced and trends go so fast now. But yeah. Yeah. So in 2019, I wasn't that popping on social, but... I guess people just liked how I curated. Mm -hmm. Then 2020 happens, right? Pandemic time. Pandemic comes along and Depop offers me a full-time position. Hell yeah. But then I had to think long and hard, right? Uh -huh. Do I want to give up my shop and selling for a nine to five? And like that security? But they were like, you can't do this if you work for us. No, 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 no. Or you no, just didn't no, have no, time. No, no, no. I, I just wouldn't have the time to right, have like okay. focus on how I wanted to. Yeah, makes because sense. Because I love selling. Mm-hmm. And, sourcing, and you're making good cheese, right? At this point, like you're like. Yeah. And also when I was working part-time at Depop, I just realized that I don't like, I, I don't really like working for other people. Yeah. Like. That's good internalization people. that you're probably realizing in this. Yeah. Like, timeline. and I realized that like back then, like while it was even happening, uh -huh. I was just like, I don't, I don't. I don't need to do this. Especially if Depop is like this, you're doing the same thing as they are. You're just like using their app, but like you're obviously being successful and you're like, why the fuck do I need to work for these people? You know, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But to speak for you. But I have to say, I love Depop. Shout out Depop. Shout out. That's where I started and they will always be my family. So yeah, I love Depop. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I had to decide whether I want to do that nine to five or just pursue selling. So I decided against nine to five and that was in, that was in January of 2020 right so then i was right when I, it blew up when what COVID. sorry right yeah right before right before covid blew up yeah i think it was yeah, like so, february so, january so february march march oh. march like 15 yep yep was when exactly covid yeah. was when covid hit okay. so so i declined their job offer but i was still doing um independent i was like working for them as an independent contractor so whenever mm. they needed me to do social media or stuff like that see. i would work with them uh the last thing i did for them was going to thriftcon miami which was Sick. which was like uh, March twelfth, I think. It was literally like three days before the pandemic. It was it was crazy, like massive event. It yeah. was so much fun. But then I got back, and then yeah, everything shut down. So then at that point, I got on TikTok. My friend Andrew, who who worked at Depop at the time, he was like, Emma, you need to get on on TikTok now. Nobody's talking about Depop. Nobody's doing anything about Depop. Just like talk about your shop. So I was like, okay. So I started doing videos like that. Like, well, I guess the first video of mine that blew up was a video showing how I packaged my Depop orders. Oh my God. That was in May, May 23. And it blew up, blew up? Oh, it was insane. Oh yeah? I love that. Overnight. That's sick. I got... I had to have gotten two million views overnight. Holy by the end of the week, I was at, by the by the end of the week, I was at seven million. I didn't know. I definitely got one million overnight. First seven TikTok mi ever? No, 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 no. Not first oh, okay. TikTok ever. I tried Jeez doing the dances. 
those did not, that did not work. <laughs> I'm not a dancer. Yeah. That did not work. I tried doing. That's so crazy. Yeah, I tried doing the dances. That that didn't work. But this was my first TikTok that blew up. Man, that's so much. And then I got like 40K followers overnight. I got my Depop following. Right, also, the actual sales. The, right. Oh my God, I almost sold out my Depop shop that week. It was, it was the most insane experience of my life. I'd never gone viral, viral before. And I was just so overwhelmed. I was like crying of joy, literally. It was insane. Yeah. Um, and also my Depop following, like, I, I think at that time I probably had like 12K followers on Depop or like 14K. That's a lot. I didn't know Depop was like social media almost. Yeah. I've kind never of... seen it on my phone or anyone's phone. Oh, honestly. really? No, the yeah. platform is yeah. very much like Instagram. Okay. That's what Chris was kind of saying. Yeah. So you really kind of were able to almost like inject your personality or like with photos, like you made it like, it's like, like you said, curated and it's like yeah, quality my Depop, photos and oh, shit like that. It was that. very okay. high quality. Like I used my DSLR. I edited everything. Dang, like yeah. it was, it was high quality. Like my photos looked so crisp. That's what Respect. made the product look really yeah, good. And that's sure. how I got sales. But yeah, my Depop following by the end of that week, I think I had, I grew to like 40K followers on Depop. And now I'm at 90K on Depop, like after a year of just poke, posting. Um, like, okay, so after that video blew up and I sold so many things, I kept doing, or I started doing Depop tip videos, like how mm -hmm. to start your own Depop. Yep. We watched sales. a couple before you got here. Okay. So yeah, it's like yeah. very, it was like on the educational wave, which was really good because yeah. I was at the time I was the only person doing that. Right. And people, yeah, you're like a young, cool girl. People probably love the shit out of that. Yeah. And also got good tips as a successful seller. Yeah. Successful seller. And, yeah. and I think so much of it uh, has to do with the timing because it was the beginning of the pandemic. Everyone was stuck at home, bored out of their minds, uh -huh. not knowing what to do. So like, okay, what are you going to do? Maybe clean your room, go through your old stuff that you don't I'm wear. Not, so like yeah. they want some money. So like they're going to start their own Depop shop. Yeah. So it was, it was really like the perfect storm. Also just people on the platform of TikTok. True. Triple. Views were crazy. Yeah. I remember like posting videos at that time in 2020 and like an hour later, having like already 200,000 views on a That's video. That's insane. But that doesn't happen anymore. I'm like lucky if I get like <laughs> 20K after that. Yeah, right? No, it's gone, the good yeah. old days. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really have that, but um, that's amazing. So massive exposure through TikTok. Yeah. The rest of the pandemic, you're kind of doing that same thing. When yeah. does this whole actual storefront come in? Because that's loco. Yeah. It's and really crazy. amazing. And so it's awesome. It's crazy. Uh, okay, so to be very honest, like I had no intentions of opening a shop in the near future. Mm. The idea of opening the brick and mortar didn't happen till a month before. Wow. Which was when? Also timeline. Sorry. I love to hear. Like when did the store open? Rogue. We opened June 5th and wow. I didn't, I didn't have like that idea cemented in my mind until end of April. So I signed yeah, I could like, I could go into like how I solidified that idea and like made that choice. Yeah, please. So because, OK, so again, you had all the success over TikTok, but that was in March. You, well, I guess that's not that far. April. So it all so happened like really year. fast, though. Yeah. Oh, no, it's another year. It's Yeah. Okay. So that's this is yeah, 2021 like, now. Like we're 2020. After. Yeah, not. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. So we're, that's a long we're a year, year. We're a year later. Yeah. yeah. So a long year of kind of just pittering around doing the depop yeah having fun and it's 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 very intense like mm, listing bet. like single items and thousands of that 
over like months is just like that's crazy. It's very intense. Yeah, it's it's a very tedious process. You have to be very dedicated. Yeah, you're Anyone just on who the sells phone on with Depop before here, you're like fifty bucks, fifty five. Oh well, we yeah, that, that. that's Haley. That's my employee. She's holding down the shop right now, so she just had to. But I assume it's like a lot of yeah, always checking, yeah, crunching, yeah. And the thing is, like again, I thought Chris, you said this like. The vintage world, it's not like a collection. It's like one of one pieces. And yeah. that's like the business model. It's like specific one of one pieces, no multiples really. Yeah. And so that probably plays into the just scale of if you want to make money, you know, you have to have a lot of those. Exactly. Because instead of having like three SKUs and yeah. three like best selling products and you have thousands of them, you have a thousand SKUs oh. and only one of each. Man. So imagine the time that you have to put into listing a thousand individual SKUs, taking the photos, list like writing out the descriptions, yep. listing it, packaging it, shipping it. It's so much more than I if you had- I hate it. I, try, I do merch and buy my merch, but like, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a huge headache. It's my least favorite thing to do within the like business I'm yeah. in because it's yeah. headachey and obviously yours is more creative and fun, but the back end of that is, I, I feel your pain probably yeah. not as much, Yeah, but maybe 1%. Yeah, but it is a very tedious process. So yeah, but that's that. Um, should we go back to the tangent, shop? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Tangent. It's okay, it's okay. So, so yeah, a year goes by. I was like doing all the Depop videos. Then- one of my, okay, so Vienna, my friend, yep. her, one of her friends, uh, her name is Natalia. She opened a vintage shop in the West Village called Funny Pretty Nice. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's so exciting. I think she opened in maybe March of um, 2021. And I reached out to her and I was able to do a pop-up with her at the end of April, mm. 2021. And so she was super sweet. I went in there. We, I was there for like a Saturday and Sunday. And I made a TikTok kind of like promoting the fact that I was there. TikTok blew up. Hello people came. Wow. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself like, damn, like why am I making a TikTok for someone else? Bringing them all this business when I have a bigger following and can do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm capable of exactly the same. Eureka moment. Yeah. Then my other friend, Matt, who owns Bowery Showroom, who I sold at Hester Street Fair with um, like two years prior. We'd known each other for two years now. He opened a shop on Stanton Street and he invited me to sell on consignment for his opening weekend, which oh, was wow. also end of April. I do the same thing. Make a TikTok, blows up, yeah. hello people come to the shop. I'm like, damn, like, Emma, what are you doing? Yeah, right? You're like, the wave. Exactly. Like, so it was like at that point when I'm like, damn, like I really need to do this for myself because if I'm making these videos for other people, like why don't I just make them for myself and have people come to my shop? So Matt's shop is on Stanton Street. Right next to his shop was a space that was vacant for eight months. And he said, Emma, you should really check it out. If you don't get it, I'm going to make it my office. And I was like, oh. like Damn. I knew he wasn't playing because he would have done that. Mm -hmm. So literally the day after his opening weekend, which was, I think it was like April like 20th or 21st, whatever. I call the realtor and I have a viewing scheduled for like that Monday. And then I, we, after negotiating, whatever, I put in like our offer and then we signed the lease think first week in may 
That's crazy. And so move in was May 15th. Yeah. Like two weeks. Right? Yeah, literally. So we signed the lease. Yeah. First Send week. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then. That's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, yeah, we set the opening for June 5th. So we literally had like, oh my God, we had like, I had a month to prep, but to move in and like set up the shop, we had like a little over two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Like three weeks. And you obviously had a lot of homies that were helping oh you. Oh my God. Like yeah. Support. I had so many friends come. It was that's so great. great. It was so great. Well, that's probably, I mean, you probably wouldn't have done that massive impulsive move, maybe half calculated, half impulsive, if you didn't have already like the following support system yeah. and maybe vision of, hey, I, other people I see doing this. Like, exactly. It was last minute, but you were confident in the execution. Perhaps. 100%. 100%. And TikTok was a huge part in why I felt confident mm. enough to do it. Yeah. Because that leads me to a great question because it like COVID retail died, you know, like I know, I don't know if you know, um, Dirtbag, the clothing company anyways. Like, oh yeah. I heard of he them. moved in the Lower East Side and like mm-hmm. right before like uh, January, February and he had to shut it down. Anyways, a lot of people had that situation and mm-hmm. I feel like it's not risky or ballsy, but you know, after seeing retail kind of die like that, like, did you think about that at all? Like moving forward, like, oh, I'm putting probably investing a lot of money into this lease and this brick and mortar. Like the pandemic's not guaranteed to come back. It's better now this summer, especially blah, blah, blah. People yeah. were out and about. But like that was kind of like yeah, an interesting it, decision. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, I guess looking back, it kind of was a risk, especially at the time, because in May, the restrictions were still fully in place. But I just got so lucky with the timing because yeah. that that first week in June is when the restrictions in New York were first lifted. Mm-hmm. So for my opening weekend, June 5th, it was a frenzy. everything was already <laughs> lifted and I just lucked out. Like yeah. we had, we had over 2000 RSVPs. So we had a line oh, down the block. Crikey. And, but the, the thing is though, I had been promoing our opening on TikTok like since May 1st. So I had created, I think maybe 10 videos total or maybe a little less than that. Like, showing the process of like finding the space, signing yeah. the lease, uh, building it out, finding the inventory, blah, blah, blah. And people just wanted to be free out of the Yeah, I think people were just so ready to get out. Really perfect timing. It was it was perfect timing. Timing queen. It, it, yeah, but like, it just like- Genius. I, you know, everything happens for a reason. It just, it just all fell into place. And yeah, that's great. Yeah, honestly, I just feel so grateful that like- I hear it, you. it worked out that way. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's that order of operations- um, you know, makes a lot of sense, you know, mm-hmm. and, but also ballsy, like respect yeah. for doing that, you know, cause I, I don't know how much it is. You don't have to say the number, but yeah. you know, even for me signing the lease here, it was like, it's still substantial. Fuck? Yeah, it is yeah. substantial, um, especially cause we have a second rent to pay like for totally. Our homes and and our especially just like the idea of, you know, running a successful business and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But that's yeah. awesome. And I love that. And I love like, again, I love why you're on this podcast because you're killing it on TikTok, like digital killing it, but also like in person, you know, like yeah. not a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are killing it on social media, but to have this like brick and mortar, like actual physical hustle, like I love that. And yeah. I think that's sick. Well, that's other- a testament to you, I think, obviously. Yeah. And the great part about having the brick and mortar is like, it, it's kind of like a manifestation of what people see on TikTok, but like, 10 times that you yeah, know what I mean it's just totally. it's the experience IRL and I knew since I opened it I wanted it to be more than just retail it it's kind of also like a venue 
Yeah. In terms of like the events that we have going on every weekend. Yeah, like, you do pop-ups, right? Yeah, like, like I'm, I have all my friends who are like amazing designers and people who have small brands that are just like killing the game. Like I'll invite them to sell on a Saturday and we'll just like have a line down the block. And then Holly Humberstone, I don't know if you guys know her. She's a British singer. She's She's about to pop off, but she's so talented. Like what does she sign with? Universal. Like Wrong. I get a call from her manager from Universal and they're like, hey, Holly loves what you're doing she wants to do like a pop-up show at your shop and so she did and like we had like 100 plus people in the street and her singing outside like a few weekends ago it's, it's just that's amazing i'm just so excited yeah. for what's to come because it, it's it's not just retail totally and the potential of that that's exactly right i mean yes yeah. the narrative and you know vantage point or yeah subject is the vintage you know accompanying the tiktok branding but you have this space you could do whatever the fudge you want with it you know that's what i love and work with people you know that Mm -hmm. will only help you and them exactly that's like kind of the same mentality here i mean we do different things but it's in the same vein without doubt yeah and it's the best and especially i mean you're in the lower east side i mean like we haven't we're very excited to go we hopefully will be able to go this weekend to, oh, to, to the your shop? yeah, to your shop. Oh my god, yes! You and we're gonna hopefully to take some photos, maybe a little video, real quick to, to overlay yeah. in this podcast so people cool. can see. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, Lower East Side, a real store, that's pretty epic. Yeah, foot traffic. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, like with the store, I want to talk about more specifics as like the mastermind business mm-hmm. brand. Like you have employees, you were just saying. Yeah. And so, can you talk about building a team? Did you have a team? proceeding the brick and mortar like you were doing all these thousands of skews photos yourself but obviously you couldn't be at the store 100 percent of the time there's other back-end things like do you have a bookkeeper all this fucking bullshit yeah can we talk about the team building because i love that yeah it was definitely a process thank god i had vienna because oh yeah she yeah she's one of my best friends and throughout like before i had um before i started doing interviews with people because i didn't have anyone to like work the shop um she helped me so much with doing like the skews and stuff like that for opening. Wow, weekend. I didn't know you guys were that close actually. Yeah, I mean, we were super close this summer. She's been traveling a lot recently, mm-hmm. so I haven't seen her in a minute, but yeah, no, she was such a great help. But I did put out, um, mainly just on Instagram, I just posted like, if you're interested in working for real. Oh yeah? Like, email me, yeah. And then I got so many applicants, but going through that was tough. And I found a few good people. When I first opened the shop, I only had two other girls on like the schedule yeah (laughs) (laughs) on the time sheet (laughs) so so yeah and i because i didn't i didn't really know what i was doing i i really just went with the flow yeah because i knew everything eventually was gonna work itself out. you have to go through the turbulent bumps yeah so i feel you so i knew everything would work out eventually but in the beginning it was very much like a work in progress so i had two girls there like one there three days the other four And then because in the beginning, in the summer, there was so much traffic, I had to go back to Jersey and source, Mm. like, because we were so low on inventory. Man. So it was, it was a, it was a constant hustle, like all June, July, August, and even September. Now it's gotten a little bit slower just because it's winter, but I feel like once Black Friday hits, it's going to pick up again. Yeah. That's another thing that's annoying. Money, money, money. But, but yeah, so. (laughs) No, but awesome. Yeah, but I found, uh, yeah, those two girls, one of them is still with me. And to grow, now I have five employees. That's crazy. I just started doing payroll. That's amazing. Taxes are crazy. 
Yeah. Thank do you, you have an accountant and a bookkeeper? I do. Yeah. Thank goyim. Yeah. Thank God. Because that that's scary. That, I mean, Taxes dude, that's so awesome and legit. And it's like, legit. Yeah, it's, it's legit so now. Legit. I love that. Okay. So I didn't even think about that is not only running a store with the employees and the foot traffic and, you know, logistics of the collaborations and events, but the business the catalyst of the business is new vintage pieces. So you just said sourcing, I'm, which I'm, means I'm guessing like finding Getting the new, new clothes. Yeah. Okay. So can we dive into that? Like, is that also a trait? Is that like something you say is like a secret in your yeah, life? Like, I'm not say, telling you where my sources is or where I'm going to get these new clothes. Because that's what separates you. Yeah. I mean, I don't like really talking too much about that. Just because, look, if you really want to find something, you can figure out like how to get it mm. or how to do it. And that goes for anything. Yeah. So, so many times people come into the shop and they're asking like, oh my God, like where do you get all this stuff? And I'm just like everywhere, yo. Like yeah. I really don't like answering that because like that, that's what make, that's what gives us value, right? Like hundred percent. It's, it's finding these pieces that everyone else wants. That they're like, not willing that, to go and find. Exactly. Yeah. Or they just like, they don't know how to do it. They don't want to spend the time to figure out how to do it or they don't care enough to figure out how to do it. But that's what I take the time to do. Sure. And that's, is that your main, you, we don't have to talk about where I'm not trying yeah. to give you your secrets away, but like, yeah. is that your main job now? Like you are the master behind final clothes or do you have yeah. little minions going to do it for you? Well, in it's a nice so, way, it's nice so, minions. No, 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 no. It's tough. <laughs> I do. Thankfully, like since I've been selling for three years now, I've made connections like with people throughout the country. Yeah. Who, like backdoor dealers. Well, yeah, like I have some wholesale dealers who like I know and they know what the type of stuff I want. So they'll send me boxes from time to time. But again, it's inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So I'm I mean, I'm still doing 90 percent of the sourcing. I have like some dealers in L.A. who send me stuff, some people in Florida, some in Colorado. um, People all over. But I also like I still go on buying trips like monthly. Yeah. And travel. That's so interesting to me because I'm like, I'm not very, like, I'm not very into fashion. Like, I wear the same things I've worn since, like, high school. And, oh, my God. Like, we paint need to on get everything. You oh, yeah. You should cool? do a makeover video. Oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah, we have to do a styling. We can I'm style not really, you. I mean, like, Chris, <laughs> you're, you're into you. fashion. Like, you're yeah, swagging out. No, always, you're uncomfortable but, us saying this right now. So, that's why I'd be good. But, I'll, yeah, I mean, I, I'm down to that. That's fun <laughs> shit. I mean, yeah, I love new clothes. But I just, it's so interesting because I haven't even thought about that. And, like, it's such a, like that whole system is it's, very f- cool and fun. Like it's, finding things. It's like fucking archaeology and like business. It's like. It's the part I love. Yeah. I love finding it. But the thing is, it's so difficult. Mm. Is it getting more difficult? Yes. Why? Because so many people are hopping onto the vintage wave. You ask anyone. Like, like everyone has a vintage Instagram now. Or everyone has like a selling page on Instagram, a selling mm. account. Literally everyone like has like their closet on instagram yeah so i feel like i don't know it's becoming more saturated it's very saturated yeah everyone's on depop everyone's selling so it's definitely more tough now but you can still find deals especially if you are this like keystone of a person brand and real place in the metropolis of new york like you're gonna luckily yeah luckily now with this and now that i have this brick and mortar it's kind of like I don't want to say legitimized because I was legitimate before, but now it's like, okay, now you have a shop. Like now I have people coming to me saying like, oh, I have this. I have so much in my storage. And what are they, you buy it from them and then you resell for higher? Yeah. Buy low, sell high. Right. Okay. But I didn't know if it it. was like, 
like you get you buy like big pallets of vintage stuff and then Ooh, pallets are tough like i've bought bales before mm. but it's tough unless it's graded so i have no idea i just this was me yeah. thinking out loud yeah yeah like I, honestly i need to do that but it's tough because i'm not like i'm not like a round two that just sells teas i sell everything like women's camis and blouses and dresses mm-hmm. like so i can't just buy like a pallet of like men's jackets men's grade a jackets and you know i mean i could but it wouldn't be the smartest thing to do yeah yeah i feel you can we just real quick run it back and dissect the idea of vintage because again like i feel like i'm a greenhorn in this and can you just like maybe define like the style like what vintage is is it past a certain year is it anything used like you know what i mean like can i get a clear definition here queen well (laughs) of vintage world (laughs) Well, so I feel like I need a good little... What I go by is... Well, if you go on Google and you type in like what defines vintage, it's going to tell you anything 20 years or older. 20? Yeah. Wow. But some people that have been in the game longer, like some old heads might say 30 years. Okay. I go by 20. That That's what I go by. So like techni- if you want to be technical, we would say anything from what? 2001. And prior okay. is vintage but here's the thing teas from 2007 are selling for hundreds of dollars yeah so I see. it's it's, it's so, a loose it's definition so right okay yeah but so it's literally any garment that's any garment. old and then also yeah. for you specifically i know you love you're talking about the brats or like britney spears or like yeah you know those sort of vibes and maybe you know very y2k vibes yeah that genre yeah so that is also maybe something you concentrate on yeah and like to curate for yeah i love 90s 2000s era so that's the majority of what my shop has like Mm. i I, that's like my specialty i love that um but we also have older pieces like we have some stuff from the 50s and 60s way less of that stuff (laughs) but we do have some of it but it's crazy like the older like the further back you go in time the higher the value so like these victorian corsets from like the 1800s they go for like thousands what the fuck yeah the 1800s wild. yeah like the 1880s you were like you're like the, yeah you were like i have stuff from the 50s and then the 1800s yeah, but, that's but, crazy but, and those are like like yeah the people who do that type of vintage like oh they're next level like that's yeah. that's like they know their shit that's like some movie I, uh, set design exactly like props. movie costume yeah like there's collectors i know that just collect movie costumes like i just saw this guy's on this guy's page he bought like one of shirley temple's costumes well um, i guess that's not that old but but still like there's old. collectors like that that just know their shit yeah. and i don't know anything about that so i have so much learned like i barely know anything mm, well, i've only been in the game like a few years like you know what you know years. i know what i know yeah it's my favorite saying I, I like, I like I it's a good saying i don't know what i don't know true but um yeah that's so interesting so and people do people know you kind of for that that y2k sort of thing I and that's so. like maybe yeah. that's also a very larger interest that a lot of people love that like eight or 2000 style they or like 1997 yeah. type yeah because like paris hilton right now is so hot britney just got yeah. freed so like freed. just it's so relevant in pop culture right mm-hmm. now all the icons from like that era are so relevant right mm-hmm. now. I feel like all the kids just are like so enthralled by Paris, Brittany, who totally. else? Lindsay. Yeah. 
all them. The Olsen twins. The, oh my God, the Olsen twins. I just re, I just rewatched New York Minute the other night. Have oh, you guys really? seen it? I think I have. My, I have three sisters and they oh all gosh. love that. Yeah. But I remember like the Olsen twins. Are like that's I really think about that, like that era. Like, yeah. I don't know. but They're um, icons. They are. And they started The Row, which is. What's do that? you know? No. Oh, it's it's um a really great like high fashion label. They oh, really? focus a lot on like cuts, like the silhouette and like simple cuts. But like the perfect tee was like why they wanted to start the brand. So they made the, the perfect, perfect tea. tea. They wanted to make the perfect tea. That's cool. Yeah. And they did that, but they, but they, their price points are very high. Like they sell to like very high. It's clientele. very high end. Yeah. Upper echelon. I love yeah. it. I think it's so interesting. Again, I'm so removed from that world of fashion and all that, but I think it's very interesting and it's, it's so like, I mean, I always just try to pull it back to like my world of painting or whatever and like mm -hmm. fine arts and they're obviously very different, but you could pull the strings of like similar, but it's like, you know, you it's retail at the end of the day kind of you know it's yeah. like you're selling these products yeah but the creative aspect of curating it building the style like in fashion in general you know like people's fits like that's their style or that's um you know fritz's style or this is you know emma's style like that's all very um personal in, in, in like a super awesome way mm -hmm. but um yeah it's awesome that was a little rant i have a question about rogue that's your actual last name right yeah. Okay. And so you have the store is called Rogue. Yeah. And you curate the vintage, but is it also a brand? Like, are you also making your own clothes? And could you talk about that? And if they're the same and or separate? Yes. Please. So we just started actually screen printing our own designs. Gang. So I eventually goal is to have our own like cut and sew line. That's going to happen in the future. But you have to start somewhere. So we just started with screen printing because I have a good friend of mine, Sam. He has a, a really great brand called Hellcat. He screen prints. So he kind of took me under his wing, taught me how to do it. And I'm very grateful. So we, yeah, we just started screen printing our first designs. They're very like Y2K inspired mm -hmm. designs that we just printed on baby tees and some long sleeves. Um, like some say shut up. We saw the, uh, we saw the video. Yeah. Hellcat. Yeah. They did a pop-up yeah. some weekend. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, cool stuff. Um, yeah, that was that was a great weekend. Screen printing's so fun. Yeah. Oh my god, my apartment's like a mini oh, <laughs> screen it? printing studio. It's a mess. I just had to put Drano down the tub because, oh, because my shower thick. was clogged. Do you use yeah. oil like or what kind of screen printing ink? Yeah, but, but yeah, it, I think it's, it's like really thick. It's water based. Okay. But it is very thick. Yeah. And it clogged your schnuz up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. I got Drano. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Drano my employee bought me fix. Drano for my birthday. He gave it to me for my birthday gift because I kept forgetting to get it. So nice. But um. But yeah. So we started printing those, and they're they're doing well. I think I'm gonna keep doing it because it's fun. Just like designing a little like design and putting it on a tee. Totally. And it's easy. It's easier right now to just focus on that instead of doing like a whole like pattern thing oh, and like doing tech packs yeah. and then or a whole finding collection. a manufacturer yeah like I'm yeah. Not, i don't think i'm ready for that yet i don't have enough manpower for that yet i don't have a design team for that like i think you could totally do it but yeah you we can we can't yeah, totally do it I, but i, like I think that you're waiting for the right time i'm waiting for right. the right time you're yeah building up to that. right but so it's like but you so you think of or i'm trying to think of rogue like it is a brand right yeah it's oh, not yeah. just the name of the store yeah no it's not just the name of the store you know what i like to come I don't want to compare it to this. No, but, I love analogies. Okay, so are you guys familiar with Kith? Medium, yeah, actually. Yeah, know so that. so I really like how Ronnie like. I, I mean, I don't know too much about it. All I know is that I want to be where he is. Like what wrote what 
like Rogue is eventually going to be like that, but like the Rogue version of what Kith is. Mm. So how I see Rogue going in the future, it's kind of going to be like one third vintage. We're going to keep that always because that's our trademark. One third Rogue the collection. And then one third all my like friends, d like brands and all their awesome. shit. Which is like what Kith kind of is right is now. Like, I didn't know that was Kith was. Yeah, so yeah. Kith has like, and Kith treats. But we're going to do snow cones. Ooh. I don't know what that is. It's like they have ice cream and frozen oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, they have, the they have a snow. Yeah. Like, yeah, they have like an ice cream shop inside their store. So that's where Call I envision. some borders here. There's no such thing as anything anymore. Everything is everything. <laughs> yeah, but also we're a venue too. So like our bottom floor, like this is like down the road. Yeah. So we're going to have like a transform. Okay, I don't want to. Maybe I shouldn't talk too much about that. That's fine. You don't have to talk okay, about okay. anything, but you're blowing my mind. That's amazing. I love yeah. the vision. So you clearly have a plan. I, I have a plan. It does need to get written on paper because of my course. mom yells at me about that. Yeah. And then you don't take notes. No, no, no. I, I have, I mean, they're all in here, all my <laughs> ideas, but like I need to do a business plan because yeah. I don't. Yeah. I got my mom's like, Emma, you have to do that. And I'm like, Okay, I'll do that. That's this, so exciting, though. Yeah. So I'm going home to Jersey to, like, work on that with her this weekend. Nice. Yeah. That's so awesome and exciting. But, yeah. And also, like, we're going to go global, too. But I don't want to talk too much about that Whoa. because maybe we're really too much. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. The millions and millions of people who listen to this podcast. Exclusive. Exclusive. We'll put some ads behind it. A couple hundred. Yeah, of course. We will. There we go. Um, no. I Wait, think do you post these on TikTok? We do clips on Instagram. We're oh going to do God, clips on TikTok. Oh my God, you should do clips on TikTok like how they do with Barstool and like Josh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, tr we, ha yeah, we have to. Yeah we're, get yeah, we're getting there. We're building them up. Okay. It's a lot start. of, we're yeah, gonna... it's, it's a lot. Back end of social media, it's a lot. I mean, Chris is the one editing it, but yeah. the oh, damn. The, uh, we're gonna, the we're gonna get to it. The soon. posting schedule. Yeah, but we're, you know, we're still small, so we're trying to yes. build it up. Same posting schedule. Ugh. Yeah. We don't even have one of those. Oh. It's so bad. Well, you're killing it. Your shit is awesome. And you have your friends and it's like as easy as showing like a new haul or whatever. I love it. It's like, I feel like TikTok is really aligned with what you do. You know, it kind of works very efficiently and kind of perfectly for you. It does. But the one thing is like, it's hard balancing it. Of course. Because you know how hard it is to create content. It just takes so much time and there's thought behind it. Of course. It takes yeah. a long time to like come up with a concept, film it, edit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. But I think, no, I and completely then, But agree. on top of that, I have to like do, I have to source all this shit. Of course. I mean, you're wearing yes. many hats. I can see it. And that's yeah. why I love it. Again, the hustle, respect. Yeah, it's a hustle. Respect. I love it. But like, I think your business like pairs so well with just simple documenting of what Rogue's up to, what you're up to. Like, yeah. it's, of course, you're making creative TikToks that, you know, do well. And there's like the whole, you know, plotting out some idea. But, you know, you're, you you know, people just want to know you now. They just want to see, you know, like that's what yeah. a lot of social media is. Not that you're a lifestyle brand, but you yourself, like they, I'm sure there's thousands of people that just want to literally have a window into what you're doing day to day. Yeah. And it's as easy as that to maintain and grow yourself, which is crazy. Like yeah. for me, not that I'm complaining at all or comparing ourselves, but like, yeah, I have to like do a painting, you know, but it right. takes hours and hours oh to God, make a piece yeah. of content. Yeah. And so it's really hard to do the algorithm that TikTok wants, which is what, like 300 TikToks every hour? Like it's fucking terrible. Oh so my God. It's, not as, it's not as efficient and um, optimized for what I kind of do, Yeah, which is sad. Tear, just kidding. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's I think it's awesome for you and it clearly working, right? Yeah. Hell I yeah. just got to keep it up. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Do you have your 
employees help you film and make TikToks? Yeah. So I have um, one girl who's also been with me from the beginning, Jenny. Shout out Jenny. Shout out Jenny. Shout out everyone. Haley, Jenny, Rasmus, Avery, Alexa. <laughs> Trent. <laughs> and Sierra, Enzo, and Tyler. Is that a dog's name? Who? I know so many dogs named Enzo. No, no. Enzo's one of my interns. Okay. Well, shout Enzo out Enzo. Enzo. Shout out Enzo. Um, but I'm just saying, I've got like three team. plus dogs named Enzo. <laughs> so that's why I said it. <laughs> but um, no, Jenny, Jenny's great. She's, thank God I found her. Um, She's a great editor. And we oh, started, awesome. we, so we started doing interviews with people oh. who come to our events, like for our rogue TikTok. And they're doing pretty well. So we just like do like ask like fashion questions do fit check videos oh i love that see like oh that's so awesome it's and fun smart. and we just ask like fashion related questions so like i don't know i love that it, it's it, yeah it's cute it's, it's yeah cute. it's perfect or like people are shopping what are you shopping for what are you interested in like yeah oh it's awesome god damn yeah yeah so i was like scrolling back through your instagram and you kind of mentioned it before you used to like be a photographer and stuff yeah how did that like play into everything obviously it helped you kind of like build everything but can you like talk about that in your yeah background so i guess i started off okay so i graduated oh my god i don't want to go back that far you graduated from nyu i graduated from nyu i graduated a year early right so then i had this gap year kind of and my parents were very nice and let me do kind of whatever I wanted. So I took classes at FIT this year and then I also was doing a lot of film photography. So I was doing like a lot of BTS stuff. I loved shooting backstage at concerts. So I would try and get backstage like at SOBs or I can't, like what are all these venues? I forget, mm -hmm. Webster Hall, whatever. And, but I love shooting rappers. It was just so fun. I don't know. So like I got backstage and like got to shoot like uh oh my god smoke perf and like wow. who else i saw yk osiris he was bloody osiris oh i found bloody him on osiris. the street on the street yeah bloody oh, dior really? bloody osiris yeah um six nine shot him at the club that this was is like you had connections or you're literally no just i was just finessing i was just finessing good god yeah it was so fun um oh gosh wait what's his so you're a finesser that says a lot. That was and and yeah, but I was going to these places alone. I know, but that's savage. I it, it was just so fun. But mm -hmm. like I was trying to meet people, right? So I was doing that and that was film photography and I was having so much fun. And then I was also trying to do more like editorial stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's when I got a DSLR. And then I started bringing my DSLR to con to concerts and stuff. Um which was cool. But okay, so now I had a DSLR, right? So I guess playing into the clothing aspect, like when I started Depop, I was like, oh, instead of shooting on my phone, let me just shoot on this really nice camera that is going to make my clothes look really good. Mm -hmm. So I was one of the, f I mean, there was a lot of people on the app, but not that many people. It was very, like it wasn't very saturated in 2018, at least in the US. So I was one of the first people I think that shot on a really nice camera. Like my photos, they're really nice. I want to look at them. Yeah, we're, I, I need to see what Depop looks like now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how like my photography played into like my Depop. But also, I always, I've always loved photography and like also filming. I had a YouTube channel back in high school. Hell yeah. That's privated now. We, we don't, we don't, we don't <laughs> what was about it? That. Just like vlogs? <sighs> Gems, I bet. Never delete them. Keep oh, them no, unlisted. no, no. They're, they're unlisted. Yeah, yeah. I'm never deleting them yeah. because if I kept up with it, You'd be a mogul. 
You already are. You know what? I definitely would be somewhere. I don't know. If I kept up with it, maybe I would be somewhere else. I believe that right you would now. for sure. But I wanted to be like, do you remember? Do you remember Ed Bassmaster? Yes. Do you remember Jack Vale? I and know like Jack Vale. All those. Yeah. Do you remember the Janoskians? All the comedy people. They would do pranks. Ed Bassmaster. So like me and my brother, I mean, I feel like I kind of forced him because I, I always like, like grab along for everything I do and shout out Noah. He's amazing and I love him and he puts up with me. But Is he older or younger? No, he's younger. Nice. But like uh, he puts up with me. I think I just, whatever. But we, I want to have like this crazy, like we would do pranks in walmart that's hilarious <laughs> in like jersey <laughs> in, yeah in new jersey we would like walk around and like make stupid noises and like capture people's reactions that's or like so we would put funny. stuff in people's you would, cart. you would hide in the behind the toilet paper and stuff that was, that was oh oh yeah. yeah well okay we i don't think My we did that one but i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. we would we would do like all that silly stuff and then i did gymnastics growing up so like one thing i did was handstanding in public so we would go down the so i would walk like bring that back no no <laughs> that was that was our video that got the most views yeah i think it got like oh my god it maybe you're not got, like, tapping into views. what your potential could be hands that's stands. how you show off the fits yeah true. upside down seriously true. that's so yeah. funny so you're super independent making content that was always like in, high in the school. game yeah that was in high school yeah and then i kind of stopped that because school it was i school's a lot in high school i had to do a lot of homework and it was just like a lot of work um, yeah, I should have kept it up, but it was okay. Whatever. But you, it came through in a different way. TikTok exactly. and interests. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. And I think I feel like I hear that a lot about people in your position who either are like small business owners or start their own thing or like start their own brands. You know, they have that history of kind of doing things in their younger age, dicking around. But like yeah. you still have to go through, make the video, edit the video, post the yeah. video like that includes execution, you know, yeah. even if it's on this small, fun scale. Yeah. Um, not to always bring things back to like the business side of things. But yeah, I think that's awesome. It's true. I have a question about um, like uh, sustainability because mm -hmm. do you talk about that a lot? Because again, I'm not the expert, but I uh, assume that shopping vintage is like recycling almost. And yeah. so you're not producing new materials, mm -hmm. you're reusing them. So is that something you like want to push or it's a big thing for you? Is that even true? Is there still like you know unsustainability within everything in fashion no matter what sadly yeah i think i think with vintage at least in my case like it's an inherent part of like my business right so everything that's vintage is already pre-loved pre-owned so mm. we're not producing any new waste we're giving old clothes that would have otherwise been thrown into landfills a new life where people the people who buy them are giving them a new home so i feel like i mean I don't talk about it that much, but it's like an inherent, it's inherently like- It's almost obvious. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, uh, like vintage and sustainability are like correlated already. Yeah. Does I that guess, make sense? No, hundred. I mean, it's the definition of reusing something. Yeah. But I just didn't know if there was like more to maybe that I didn't know or that you had questions on like, because it's pretty great. Yeah, no, it's great. And you it's always great. hear again, I, I'm not the fashion guy, but like the big companies and like the flash, what is it Fast called? fashion. Fast fashion. Yeah, and it that's treacherous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're definitely like not, we don't condone the practices of fast fashion companies mm -hmm. and all the Sheehan's and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, 
I love, that's another reason why I love vintage because mm. we're not contributing any more harm. I don't know how to say it. Any yeah, more no, waste 100%. to the earth. You're, not, you're really not producing anything. Yeah. You're repurposing. Right. And then, but like with the new clothes that I'm making, I guess, I guess they, those are new clothes, but the thing is, is like we're hand screen printing them. So there's it's also like, certainly ways to be sustainable with making yeah. clothes. I mean, you're not making tens of thousands of no, t-shirts. Exactly. And even I know you still can't like my friend has a really successful like luxury knitwear business mm -hmm. and it's all handmade in Peru and he makes lots of product, but it's very sustainable, like almost as sustainable as you can. I'm sure there's still waste just like making anything, but um, you could still I mean, you yeah. could still be sustainable. Exactly. So like when we get expensive. to that, when we get to that point, like when we do need to be producing our own collections, hopefully like we could keep it within the US. Like that's what I would love to do. I'd love to keep it within mm, the US. That'd be epic. In LA, yeah. Keep it here. Like I want to bring manufacturing back to the US. Dude, dude, fuck yeah. I mean, it's already, it is here, but it's like, it's very expensive to get very things expensive, produced. Yeah. But I feel like keeping it here would be the ultimate goal. Yeah. That's amazing. And just, yeah. Were you always into fashion? Because you're talking about this YouTube video and oh photography. My God, like, no. when did, fa so how did this, <laughs> how long have we been going, Chris? Uh, 50 minutes. All right. So maybe we could slightly, I mean, we'll, we have enough time, but I'm okay. curious because, like, what NYU, you weren't fashion, were you? I studied media, culture, and communications. Wow. Yeah. I, okay. I, well, you do that. Yeah. I wasn't, it's so, I wasn't really into fashion until my last year at NYU. Um, it's so funny. I dressed so badly in high school. Oh my God. I didn't care what we I wore. We have a couple pictures of you. No, I'm kidding. Can you ah, <laughs> let's not bring those up. Yeah. We tried. It you was... deleted them all, so yeah. we couldn't get them. Yeah, we did a deep dive <laughs> to try to get it all. Your first pictures, I was like, these aren't her first pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it was bad. But then I got looking back, it's always bad. Yeah. But I guess, so when I got to NYU, like my first few years, I was... I was friends with like, I don't know, kids who didn't really care about fashion. But then my final year, I took a studio. I took a few studio art classes like in that school. Um, I forget what the name of the studio, art, whatever. Uh, but I met like way more fashion forward kids there who were into it. And then I that's when I started learning about like vintage and like T-shirts mm. and like single stitch and like all that stuff. So then when I went thrifting, I started looking out for those pieces and I was like, oh, like this is, it's not just like a random thrifted Zara shirt. It's like, it actually has, like holds more value. It's 20 years old, whatever. So my my senior year of NYU was really when I got into it. And then when I was doing photography, okay, see, then when I was doing photography, like that last year and I was taking random FIT classes, like, um, like intro to sewing and like fashion business, whatever. I was around people that were into fashion, so I was learning a lot more then. Like, even about streetwear and, like, Supreme and, like, being around, like, hypebeast kids. Like, I was learning all that stuff. So that's when I started learning about fashion. And that's when I got into it. That's awesome. So, like, I would say within the past, like, six years. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like the, a lot of people, I feel like, especially New York City, sort of a melting pot of people very into fashion. Yeah. You know, like, maybe I'll slowly get converted, but oh People, yes we have to no <laughs> I, I i i love my old old clothes i actually have like my favorite pants have the hole in this pocket so i have to go to like a seamstress to get it because like no way i'm throwing those out oh yeah don't don't do that ever but um yeah it's so interesting 
It's so exciting. I'm literally so excited to go to the store. Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah, I'm very. And Kent, let me, we'll talk about this off podcast, but you're not there always. So we'll have to find a time no. maybe when you're there. Yeah. So we yeah. can just snap a couple pics and. Perfect. Yeah. In and out. The world is crazy. We're in. You ever sit back and you're like, well, what the fuck is going on? You know, Yo, like TikTok. All the, all the time. All this shit. It's like, what is all going the time. on? But then, you know what? None of it is real. <laughs> nothing matters. Yeah, nothing matters. I mean, life is meaningless. I'm just kidding. But no. It's well, but either meaningless. What do you, what do you, what do you yeah. mean? What do you mean? Like nothing. Like well, the like, internet like doesn't the, matter. It's just like. But that's why it's so epic because your store is real. It's like. We, like the social media isn't, but you're. That too, I feel like, businesses. and I still need to work on this myself, but just like not limiting yourself. Like, don't worry about what other people think. Mm. Don't be afraid to post this or do that or try this, mm -hmm. you know? Because at the end of the day, we're all gonna die. Dude. You know what, what I, I say, mean? Chris? I literally, my like, like, it doesn't matter. My number Even one when motto. It, and when it comes to anything in yeah. life work no one cares. your love life no one cares well family is like i always love family but well, you know yeah. what i mean like right. keep the family in there it's just no one cares that's my main thing it's like what's gotten me to like i was kind of very timid when i started social media and like i didn't even show my family or my friends when i posted videos yeah like showing my face like vlogging being a goober i was very self-conscious <laughs> but then yeah. like I started leaning into it and just like remembering no one actually cares. You know, no one's going to look at this video and like judge me for eternity. They're going to look at it, look at a hundred different videos or scroll through Instagram. Like no one actually cares. And I try to tell people that to remove them from the hesitation because it's like so many people can do awesome things. And yeah. it's such an accessible, amazing thing to get into any niche you want. So just like remember, no one cares. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, there could be a little of each. I don't know. I don't know if I could like do the TikTok dances and then look back, you know, oh, 10 years oh, later. Yeah, and be yeah. like, no, oh, no, 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 no. I can't. Oh, shit. I, yeah, me. no, those, those I cannot do. Yeah. I can't do those. But yeah, like even I still have to remind myself of that because sometimes I'm like trying to get the perfect like fit pick and like I'm judging it way too hard. But I'm no like, people are know. spending 0.5 seconds looking at it yes, and then scrolling up. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm like, it, like, why am I putting myself through that distress? For no unnecessary You're distress. So right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It kills me. Yeah. And like, especially with your fit pics or anything, no one's ever going to see it how you do, you know? Exactly. Like whatever you post is people are probably going to either gawk over or they're going to hate it because of no reason. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's yeah. literally a binary one or the other. Yeah. So, you know, we're artists and like it's perfectionism, but it's, it's amazing the difference in perspective that, you know, the consumer has versus like whatever goes in through, you know, yeah. Emma's mind. But you see, that's the other thing. Like, being perfect, like, like that's just never going to happen. Mm -hmm. So like what I've kind of learned is action is more important than thought. Mm -hmm. I feel like totally recently. I've Do kind it. Of, yeah. Producing something. Yeah. Rather than thinking about something. Right. Because you can think about it for ages and ages. But until you actually do something like no one's going to see it. You're not going to get any results. Yeah. So might as well just do it. That's why we that's why I was so OK with just starting with screen printing, because mm -hmm. I was like, it's not going to be perfect. But it's like it'll be something. And also, yeah, even in this day and age and maybe even fashion, like the perfect people don't want the perfect people want like the blemishes or the blah, blah, yeah, blah. Like I don't the know. Raw. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm getting to the nitty gritty. You give me very British vibes. Do you have any like United Kingdom British? ancestry? Yeah. Really? I don't know why I had to say it. Really? I don't know why. Wait, yeah. what about what about me is British? If I never knew you or heard your voice yeah. and just saw you uh -huh. in your face, I would think you're from like London or something. 
No, I have. I don't have okay. any British. And don't take that like as no, an offense no, no, I'm or not. a compliment. I, it's I, just straight I up lo- shooting I love Harry here. Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm sorry. I just look yeah. at your face for some reason. That's so funny. No, my mom's from Argentina. Oh. She didn't teach me Spanish, sadly. Okay. That is kind of sad. Yeah. Very sad. And my dad's from, uh, well, he's from Chicago, but his family's from Sweden. Okay, so you got some stuff going on. Yeah. But not the UK. Not the UK. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I just had to say that, but uh, that's awesome. Well, this was wonderful. I think we're going to end, but we're cool. hopefully we have overlaid. We're talking about the future of like maybe some photos of the Rogue Store and maybe yeah. some B-roll. We're really excited, but this was wonderful. Thanks for coming Oh. and talking. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast ever. Hell and I yeah. think it did. I think it went pretty well. It was great. Yeah. Chris. It was great. It was, it was great. good. Yeah. It was good. Yes. I mean, yes. all like what okay. is great or bad? It's just literally you're killing it. You're hustling. You're doing cool stuff. Yeah. Tell you. us about it. That's literally the what this show is. Yeah. It's just like picking the minds. Why'd you do it? You know? And so mm-hmm. we, we went through everything. I mean, I checked all the boxes here Amazing. of this just master list. Anyways. Um, yeah. Follow her on TikTok. That's where everything is. And if you're in New York, what's the address? It's so, five, four. 53A Stanton Street. Yeah. In the mix. Yeah. That's, Just type in Rogue on Google Maps. Yeah. It'll come up. But that's epic. Um, yeah. In the Lower East Side. Emma Rogue on Instagram and TikTok. Hell yeah. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Peace.